now, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey, everybody. How you doing, everybody? I want to welcome you all to today's edition of the show. Glad that you're here. Can you hear me okay? You can probably hear me okay, right? Do I need to turn that up? Probably a little bit. There we go. As you know, I've learned to dance recently. Oh, yeah, you. I know how to do tango now. T-A-N-G-O. That's right. Just saying. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for coming in. Hope you guys have had a good day. My day has gone by. It's hard to believe it's 4 o'clock central time at the moment. Because it's 4.01. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I want to I I thank you for joining the show. And I want to let you know that I am happy that you're here. We're going to go ahead and we're going to air an interview of interviews. Yeah, we are. Carl Teichrib. I met him last year at the Prophecy Watchers Conference in Oklahoma. He's tall. He's goofy. And he's, he's, somebody said that he's, me and him are like the counterpart to each other. I think I'd love to do a show with him all the time because we're, his quirky sense of humor is like mine. He's, he's so great. Anyway, he's actually recovering. From- I will render my resignation at the conclusion of this episode. <laughs> Uh, but you better first get a contract with him. Okay. Well, he's a busy guy, and actually, he's just recovering from surgery, and he's a super trooper. Anyway, he was at this conference this year that Bob Ulrich and Gary Stearman invited us to, and Carl, um, Car- poor Carl, he he wrote a brand new book called Game of Gods. Great, beautiful cover. Great, totally cool stuff inside it. And it didn't show up for the conference. So the poor guy had to speak and didn't have his books. It was, uh And what I love about Carl is he's so real. He'll tell you exactly what it is without hesitating. And I love that about him. So I hope that you have time to stay tuned for the episode later. And I'm going to do a couple of things. I'm going to announce a couple of things first. And then we're going to go. We'll play the interview near the 20 minutes or so into the show. So in the event that... You don't want to listen to the, all this stuff I'm going to say first and come back in 20 minutes and watch Carl. Now you know you can. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I got to give a shout out to Leanne, his his beautiful wife, his lovely wife. I love her. She Leanne is, what can I say? You know, out of, I, I meet a lot of people and Leanne rocks. I mean, she's just awesome. She, she Not only is she funny. But she is smart as a whip. She's giving. She's caring. She's godly. She's beautiful. She's just, you know, I wish we lived closer because I could see us playing dominoes a lot together. Just saying. (laughs) Anyway, Leanne, uh, give a shout out to you. Hugs and kisses. And I'm glad that you're there. Hey, Darren, I see you here over on Facebook, too. And if you're on YouTube, I'm going to give you update, YouTube people. All right, and then over on Periscope, I want to say hi to Melanie and Na- Natasha, Jonathan, Aaron, Mia, Odvar, Devin, Julio, or Julio. I, did I say your name right? 
and Steven. <laughs> Gig Gigulio? Did I say that right? I don't know how to say your name. Sorry, buddy. My bad. Anyway, so glad that uh, glad that you're here. And um, do me a favor if you want to share this out. You know, let the let the people know. Let the people know who are on these platforms <laughs> that we're here. <laughs> we're here. Yeah, we are uh, on a. Or your dog can announce this. A secular platform. Yeah, my dog. Yeah, yeah, he's my dog. All right, so two updates. I'm going to give you two updates, and then we're going to go ahead and jump into some of these stories, including the atheist nativity scene placed on a court lawn, because, of course, atheists can't come up with their own original ideas. Just saying. I mean, first, let me just say this. If you want to be an atheist, it's okay. For me personally, my very first guest ever in 2005 was Dr. Frank Turek, who wrote a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Just saying. But anyway, if you want to be an atheist, go for it. But come up with your own original idea. Don't like be trying to copy the Christian tradition by setting up your own quote nativity scene. Just saying. I mean, that's lame. <laughs> oh, I know. That's, that's how to win friends and influence people, right? Yeah, well... Dale Carnegie has nothing on me, just so you know. Okay, anyway, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> I know, they don't bark until I go on air. Can you figure out why? Hmm? In fact, Grover, his favorite toy is right here. He actually literally came and dropped it right at my feet right before the show. True story. I was doing a Marco Polo to my friend who actually gave me Grover. And this toy it's his total favorite, and as you can see, my hair all over it, because who plays with him? It's me. Yes. He's got a lot of other toys, but this is his favorite one, just so you know, and he's dressed for winter. <laughs> anyway. All right. Okay, so first, I want to give you guys an update. Yesterday, um, I asked you if you would help me uh, with a contest that I'm in for my side business, Legal Shield, also known as ladies of justice and just so you guys know i got my very first name tag for ladies of justice is that awesome or what it came in today and it's super cool it's magnetic so i'm aware of this everywhere and people are going what are ladies of justice i'm gonna say i'm a lady of justice why because i believe in justice for everybody and that's what's so great about legal shield is that legal shield offers affordable legal uh you know representation for everybody that's what's so cool about legal shield it really is anyway this is magnetic you hear that god and this thing is hard to take off i mean look at that i'm trying to pull it off <laughs> just i don't want to break my fingernails there we go but yeah so this is magnetic and it will it will definitely stay on during a tornado or whatever <laughs> anyway so here's the thing with the contest for ladies of justice or for legal shield and ladies of justice basically what i need is i needed 20 people that i could share this video with about the opportunity right because i want you to know about legal shield i always tell you about it anyway but i just needed 20 people to go and watch this video and i'm happy to say that 20 of you came through for me high five yes you did you actually let me send you the video 
you clicked on the link and most of you actually watched it. I mean, not, you know, a lot of, most of you actually watched most of the video. It's a 22 minute video. Some of you watched half of it, but that doesn't matter. Well, well I mean, it does, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter because you watched enough of it for me to get credit, right? So, so that's, that's the super good news. But here's the shocking part. Yeah, it is. <laughs> The shocking part to me, and this is where the Lord just really kind of was kind of like going, see, Stacy, people really like you. <laughs> the, the shocking part is that in this contest, I ended up in 27th place. Okay. In this contest, if you get 20, then you get on the call, right? So I got the call because you guys clicked through, and so now I get to sit on this coaching call with the one of the top people in Legal Shield, which is really cool. But if you get in 25 or up, then you actually can get a book, you know, of success stories of other people in the business. And here's the thing. The thing is that I'm at 27, and right now, right before the show I checked, I need four people in order to tie to get to get to get tied into 25th place but so which really means I actually need probably 10 more people to click through the link in order to to knock these other people out of their spot you know not that I'm competitive or anything just saying bareface (laughs) said I am and of course I play pickleball so it's probably obvious I am anyway so if you have not yet Click the link for me and let me send you the video so you can watch it and learn more about Legal Shield and the great opportunity that it is. Then please tweet me, message me on Facebook or something. Um, yes, if you have not watched the video, even if you are already a member, um, I can still send you this video because that's what it counts. They want you to watch this video. So I, I need about 10 of you in order to knock these other people out of their spots. And then this contest ends today. I think it ends like... I don't know, in a couple hours, actually. So I can't do it during the show, but if you're interested in helping me kind of holy, maybe get over and knock these people out of their spot in a loving way, I don't mean that in a mean way, then uh, then leave a message, tell me, yeah, you can send me that link, and I will, okay? Um, so, but, but you got to tweet it to me or message me on Facebook or, or text it to me if you have my number, okay? All right, that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, second thing, last night... I do a special Facebook about YouTube. They they sent me a message yesterday. I actually recorded it. You guys might have seen it. Where our show yesterday, they gave me one strike on the YouTube uh, account <laughs> for basically. Um, did you did you lose my volume? Because my my mic's up all the way. I can hear you great. You can? Okay. So Natasha says she can't hear me. Okay. Anyway, so here's the thing. So YouTube removed my show from yesterday and they, they removed it without actually giving me any, um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and block that person. Uh, Natasha's saying there's no sound what happened because can everybody else hear us? Put yes if you can hear us. Anyway, so YouTube removed our show. So I appealed it and this morning... Or, or actually right before the show, it appears that that video has been back. It's reappeared. Yeah, it has. The mystery. Go out and come back in. Oh, okay, you're telling that person. Okay. Yeah, so for some reason, YouTube removed my video based on the title, I believe, because they didn't obviously watch the show, right? And they reinstated it. But here's the thing. YouTube did not 
message me at all. They didn't write me a letter. They didn't send me an email. They didn't tweet me. They didn't say, hey, Stacey Lynn Harp at Bible News Radio. We're so sorry that we did what we did to you. You're one of the best YouTubers on YouTube. How dare us do something so petty and stupid? No, they didn't do anything like that. It just miraculously appeared. My video came back. And so I actually went into my YouTube account and I was trying to find where they actually gave me a strike, you know, as if I'm a baseball player, I'm up to bat and I swung at it and I, I got a strike. Or maybe we could use the bowling analogy. Whatever. Anyway, the point is my video is back. Hmm. So that's a good news. That's good news. And I, I tweeted YouTube and I said, thank you, YouTube, for letting my video come back because I really appreciate it even after you banned it for no apparent reason. But anyway, you'll go to Facebook. Your Periscope suddenly has no sound. Okay, okay, Natasha. Well, of course, you can't hear me say that because you're not there. <laughs> anyway, so I am going to keep an eye on this because if YouTube is just deciding to remove videos for no real reason except to be buttheads, then just so you know, you're going to know about it because I'm going to tell you. All right? All right. Okay, so now it is 4.13, give or take. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and do you think we should do the the atheist story first? Yes. It okay, was, it's, the, it's the headliner. So Randall wanted this rather... to be the, the headline. Okay. So I need to find the article then because I actually don't have it up in my open ones. Oh, no. Which one is it? Oh, uh, don't worry. I can find it. Let's see here. Uh, let's see here. I got to find Randall in here. Or if you just want to read it off the monitor, there's that. I, I can't. It's too small. Here okay. it is right here. I got it. All right, people. It, it seems like every day you move further to the left. Don't tell them that. Well, <laughs> for further to your right, you move further to the right. Which left, way do you want me to go? Way. This way? You're fine because now uh, I'm, I've, you adjusted I've, it? I've moved everything. It's uh. like every time I bring something, it's like you're... Okay. You're just you're like okay, half so off and I have to bring you the, the name of this article is called Atheist Nativity Scene Placed on Courthouse Lawn. And I don't know if you can see this beautiful, cute little picture of a nativity scene, but... I don't think it's a picture of the nativity scene I know. on Courthouse Lawn. <laughs> this is so funny. The atheists crack me up. It's like, like they can't come up with their own idea. Anyway, it says here, an atheist group has placed a secular nativity scene honoring the, quote, baby bill of rights, unquote, on an Illinois courthouse lawn to counter the traditional Jesus-centered nativity scene. Interesting, huh? How come they didn't do this to counter Muhammad or Buddha or Gandhi or... Well, the article tells us okay, why. Okay, whatever. Anyway, okay, so <clears throat> the secular scene sponsored by the Freedom From Religion Foundation, or FFRF for short, shows cutouts depicting Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, and George Washington gazing adoringly at the baby Bill of Rights in a manger, according to a news release from the organization. Now, why would the baby Bill of Rights be in a manger, people? Hmm? I mean, do you not think that they're mocking Christianity just a little bit here? Just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> says here the Statue of Liberty is part of the display, too. Yeah, it is. Because the Statue of Liberty is the Statue of Liberty. Actually, a sign accompanying the display reads, Happy Winter Solstice. 
At this season of the winter solstice, we honor reason and the Bill of Rights adopted in December 15, 1791. The bottom of the sign reads, keep state and church separate. Notice how they changed it to state and church instead of church and state, but whatever. The sign was placed on the Grundy County Courthouse lawn by FFRF members three years after the county made the space available to other religions and non-religions. FFRF sent a letter to the county in 2013 threatening a lawsuit of the traditional nativity with the baby Jesus either what with the baby Jesus either wasn't removed or was paired with other displays. The nativity is owned by the Morris Ministerial Association, according to the Morris Herald News. The secular scene was placed on the lawn in, in past years, too. The display exemplifies the take-charge spirit of members of the Free Thought Organization. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just have to laugh at that. The Free Thought Organization... Let's see, they're so smart in their thinking that they go ahead and they copy Christian tradition in order to mock it. I personally think that if they're such free thinkers, they should come up with their own idea without mocking my faith, personally. I mean, in America, you have a right to mock my faith if you so desire. I, you know, personally, I don't care. It just, you know, if you do it, you're just fulfilling scripture. It says in the end times, mockers and scoffers will come. So that just fulfills my Bible when you do that. But a free thought organization, you would seem to think might actually be smarter and be able to figure out a way to do their own little stupid holiday than to actually mock a real holiday and when I say holiday I really mean holiday as in holy day you know what I'm saying so I don't know maybe it's just me but <clears throat> I uh I have to laugh at this the display exemplifies the take charge spirit of members of the free thought organization who often assemble such installations in their hometowns to counter religious taboos on um, public land Tableaus. Tableaus. On public land, the FFRS news release said. Somebody asked me if I was on medication. Yes, as a matter of fact, I do take medication for allergies. Mostly. Anyway, members put up the displays while FFRF provides the materials. The group considers atheists and agnostics to be free thinkers. Obsessed yes. with Christianity. <laughs> With the help of its ever-vigilant membership of five people, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> the Freedom From Religion Foundation is keeping the flag of free thought flying high around the country, the news release said. Yeah, it's flying high around the country, and virtually nobody can see it, because there's really not that many people there, which is why they need to put out a press release about it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Can I do a real quick history lesson? Yeah, go if ahead. If it runs over a minute, you can stop me. Yeah, go ahead. But, but folks, what you have here is are the first amendments to the Constitution here. Uh, anyway, um, so you've heard about the First Amendment, Second Amendment. That's kind of a misnomer because what we get to the Bill of Rights doesn't start until the third article article the third here i don't know if you can really see that it's kind of faint but this is the original document um anyway um the first article reads in these amendments to the constitution first article says that 
after let me bring up the text that you can read here um maybe make it big Article the first. After the first enumeration required by the first article of the Constitution, there shall be one representative for every 30,000 until the number shall amount to 100, after which the proportion shall be so regulated by Congress that there shall be not less than 100 representatives, etc. Do you get who they're talking about, what they're talking about when they say Congress and representatives? And, and the Constitution is talking about the elected representatives in the House of Representatives that makes up the Congress. Got that? I mean, it's pretty clear. Article the second. No law varying the compensation of the services of the senators and the representatives, i.e. the Senate and the House of Representatives, shall take effect until election of representatives shall have intervened. All right? Now, Article the third, what do we think of the First Amendment? It says Congress. What, what do you suppose we're talking about there? Congress. Yeah. <laughs> not not the local city hall, not the local courthouse, not the whatever, you know, city council. Congress. What about the Congress? The Congress of the United States, the Congress specified by the U.S. Constitution, how many representatives per population, all that stuff. Well, it tells us the Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So... In short, Congress, the United States, those elected representatives of the House of Representatives are not allowed to make any kind of law, because they are the legislative branch, that respects an establishment of religion or prohibits the free exercise. That is, keep your hands off of it. Uh, don't, uh, don't touch it. Don't say, well, we favor the, you know, Episcopalian church or we, this particular synagogue or you know, or fill in the blank, or the Baha'i House, we've really backed nothing, respect, nor, nor against <laughs> any of so them. So you put me back on the screen yeah. as I'm rubbing my nose. You weren't rubbing your nose. Yes. I yeah, I was. Were. See, yeah. Okay, anyway. Anyway. Good thing I wasn't pe picking pe my nose, people. people like, that would be like so People like your face better than they do mine. <laughs> anyway. My nose itches. All right, so. Okay. So anyway, Congress isn't to pass, to make no law, not pass, not even make one, not even bring one vote with respect to an establishment of religion. Not a religion, but an establishment. This church, that church, whatever. They're not to, no laws about it. Not either either favoring nor, nor prohibiting the free exercise. And somehow, this Article the Third and the Amendments <laughs> that we think about as the First Amendment, it's really the third, um, that means separation of church and state, that you can't have a nativity scene on the courthouse lawn, that you, you know, you can't have an opening prayer in a city council meeting, and it has nothing to do with any of that. It's, it's limiting the powers of Congress, specifically they can't make a law, uh, respecting the establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Yeah. So anyway. Natasha asks, why is it just Christianity they mock of its freedom from religion? Exactly. Why, why not mock others also? Well, yeah, I, I would dare them to mock Islam. Oh, yeah. I mean, seriously, because if, if they would actually mock is, Islam, they would get their heads cut off or die. I mean, not that I want that, but Islam, the truth inherent. I mean, look what happened with those people who drew the comics. Yeah. 
Charlie Hebdo magazine. Yeah. Do, do you know what last Wednesday was besides the Wednesday before Thanksgiving? No. It was the Prophet's birthday. Oh, it was. Muhammad's well, birthday. And so. How come nobody celebrated it? I don't know. Well, how, how, why didn't anybody mock it? You know? Good, good idea. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Actually, I know a couple of people who mock it. They rip Qurans up and stuff. And uh, Anyway. But, but yeah, I wouldn't where, recommend that. Where was the Freedom from Religion Foundation then? Anyway. Cut well, to you. The bottom line is, unfortunately, the sadness is really... I mean, whereas I can mock, mock them... <laughs> Why not, right? I mean, hey, uh, <laughs> um, I don't mock that they're in spiritual darkness, okay? I mean, because that's, you know, I mean, these people are spiritually blinded. But also, there are, there are there is a remnant of people, and we can't forget this, that are actually doomed. I mean, they've hardened their hearts. They've been cast away. Uh, they're reprobates. And unfortunately, um for them, their their eternity isn't going to be good, and their best life is now, to quote Joel Osteen. So it's, you know, you got to admire the fact, though, that they stand up for what they believe in. And this is the, really, honestly, the lesson that we as Christians can take from the opposition to Christ. You know, there there is a segment of Christian believers who believe that you should be passive, and that you should be pacifist, that Jesus believed in passivity and that he basically, you know, wants you to turn the other cheek and let people essentially walk all over you and beat the crap out of you, murder you and stuff. Okay, well, that's been predicted. But if that was the case, then, you know, you got to answer the question why he armed his, his disciples and stuff, you know, that type of thing. You know, you got to ask yourself why... You know, why Why did they have swords? Was it just a clean fish? I mean, you know, it wasn't. What denom- yeah. I'm actually non-denominational, just so you know, Danny, that you asked. But thanks for asking. Yeah, I'm just a Bible reader, a Bible believer. I do my best to defend the Bible, to talk about the Bible. <laughs> Don't use me as your example of Christianity, though, because that might disappoint you. Um but anyway, but anyway, do you, you have a comment? I was just going to, yeah, affirm that, that just prior to his crucifixion, when things were going to get really messy in terms of uh, persecution at that moment, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because they took him, he was arrested, then, you know, his, his followers were fair game, that the, the detractors and the opponents were emboldened. And Yeshua told before his crucifixion, he told his apostles, um, or were they disciples at that point? Anyway, he said, you know, if you don't have a sword, go out and buy one. Whoever doesn't have one, you know. Before, this was all taken care of and told you not, but but the he now the time is, time is now is, is the time to... Yeah, he gave them the right to bear arms, literally. Yeah. Anyway, um, and that's kind of where our, the foundation of our founding documents came from was the Bible. Anyway, okay, so with that said, um, I want to say hi to Gina and all this. Let's see. Um, yeah. And somebody else came in. Jonathan, Danielle, Rob. I'm, I don't know who else. But anyway, okay, so uh, Carl Tykrib, 
I love him. He is a great guy. He's he is he's just wonderful. He's Canadian, just so hey. you know. <laughs> but I love him. He's a great guy. He wrote a brand new book called The um, Game of Gods. And um, in this interview that we did with him at the conference, you're going to learn a little bit about that, a little bit about him. So without further ado, people, here's our interview with Carl Teichrib. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, people. Yeah, you are. <laughs> hey, you know what? You see how quiet it is in here? No people to bug us. It took me forever to get Carl Teichrib back on the show. He refused to come on our show. Until this thing was done, and it is, yeah, it is, this is like Game of Gods, this game, yeah, Game of Gods, and uh, the Temple of Man in the Age of Reenactment, Carl, whatever, whatever, the Temple of Man in the Age of Reenchantment, there you go, perfect, perfect, there we go, we can edit that maybe, probably not doesn't matter. No. It's fun. Yeah, it is. It's fun yet serious. It is. Okay, so, but you are, okay, tell us about your ministry first. Are, oh. do, are you still doing Forcing Change? We haven't done that for a long time. Like, we, I, I edited the Forcing Change magazine from 2007 to 2015. Mm -hmm. Then we shut it down because all of my time was on that. Yeah. And that was realistically, that's been two and a half years of writing and Four years, probably in total, of, of preliminary work, and then 25 years more, more than 25 years of, of my own research and work went into this. Now, now Leanne, book. Carl's wife, who's adorable, told me there's 1,800 notes in this. 1,800, exactly. That's what she said. Yes. 1,800 footnotes, people. So this thing has been well documented. Oh, well, I, I, you know, I'm dealing with topics. I'm dealing with topics that... Um, yeah, so what's it about? In the, Christian, in the Christian world, so much of, of some of this stuff becomes clickbait. Mm -hmm. It's sensationalized. This is not. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this goes into some pretty serious stuff. Uh, basically, basically, humanity has always had three great desires. The three great desires have been to be as God, to be masters of our own meaning and destiny. Makes sense. And to build heaven on earth. And that's the story. Hmm. The story. And it takes you through the history of Western thought and culture. And along the way, I take you with me as we go to Burning Man. Chapter 14 is all about transformational culture and transformational events. And going to transhumanist events, global governance events. And nobody ever suspects you're there for anything. Yeah, there's been some issues. Really? Uh, over the years. Really? You can't do this without some. running some issues. <laughs> Yes. He's a Canadian on a mission, people. <laughs> yeah, he is. His wife brought Canadian candy, too, but we're not going to show that to you. I ate it. It was <laughs> it, good. It was good. I know. Last year, you may recall, those of you who watched our show for any length of time, we were wearing red. This year, we're wearing blue. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. I don't know either. I mean, yeah. yeah a similar color. It's crazy. So... <laughs> If we come back next year, what are you going to wear? I don't know. Okay. It'll be a surprise. <laughs> I know. But... We'll, we'll both be wearing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what's really interesting, though. Okay. So, it says here, uh, Gary Kaw actually endorsed this, which is awesome. If you guys know he, who he is, he's awesome. He says here, the most thorough writing of our generation on the history and inner workings of the One World Movement. So, 
this is this is pretty cool because you know it seems like a lot of people at this conference have been talking about how the lid quote unquote has been taken off right and like you mentioned burning man i'm pretty sure most people in my audience don't know what that is tell us what it is because oh. it didn't it used to be that that was like a clandestine secret meeting no not well i mean it, it, it has always attracted basically a certain type of people Mm -hmm. And it's been open to the public, but it's always attracted like a certain kind of people. Mm -hmm. And it is, uh, it's a public event. You have to pay your way to get in. It's not a cheap event to attend. I, I look at it as kind of the unofficial United Nations of Silicon Valley because that's what it has become. Hmm. So there's a lot of workshops. There's a lot of lectures. Uh, 70,000 people. And this year was 70,000 paying participants and another 10,000 volunteers and wow. I went to workshops on psychedelics, spirituality, artificial intelligence and cryptocurrency and basically mashing those together. Some really interesting stuff. Okay. And then we also did a lot of witnessing. We set up a, a, a camp and had a camp sign that said camp of the unknown God and <laughs> had a pile of conversations. And I mean a pile and good conversations, solid conversations. And relationships. We've developed some good friendships through it all. But I mean, that's the cultural side. Mm -hmm. And if, to be honest, that's the one side I was probably the least familiar with even five, eight years ago. I, I understood it, but not in depth. And uh -huh. it's taken me some time to kind of piece it all together. So you, okay. So you mentioned cryptocurrency. Yeah. Now I actually know somebody on, um, who, who's actually I'm not sure of the exact name of his podcast, but Joel Calm, he has like one of the number one podcasts on cryptocurrency. Um, what, can you tell us a little bit about that? What's about cryptocurrencies yeah. in general? Yeah. Oh, the concept of a digital currency, an alternative digital currency. Yeah. Which will lead to like a one world currency. You potentially, think? potentially. I mean, it's, it was interesting because one of the workshops I attended was on, I can't say the individual's name. Uh, suffice to say, he was probably the top 10 people within that world of cryptocurrency. He had a mm. cryptocurrency he developed, and he had just come back from a, a four-day psychedelic spiritual encounter. And so over the course of about two and a half hours, he broke down. And this is interesting. I've got it in the very last chapter of the book. I just touch on it, where he broke down a new civilization this way. Psychedelic. Eastern mystical shamanistic spirituality. That's your first block. If you want to use a blockchain concept, okay. that's where the first layering of your worldview is. And then a new ethos, a new ethical structure, a new framing story, a new way of doing community. Hmm. And we're doing that on the fly at Burning Man. That's what we're doing. We're creating that new ethos in real time. And Burning Man in many respects is like a great big sandbox to play with with new ideas of, of, of community. And so you've got those two. And then underneath that, he was suggesting that we have some type of cryptocurrency attached to this new social contract. So we would have cryptocurrency or digital currency um, built around smart contracts, but specifically to engage in that new ethics, that new spirituality. So if you fit in there, mm -hmm your ability to buy and sell is more or less secured. And then how do you manage what potentially is really a colossal idea, mm. artificial intelligence? Yeah, well, and you know, it's, inter it's interesting because AI 
is, you know, a lot like virtual reality. Right. You know, uh, and, and it was interesting because I was talking to somebody. I don't know what it was. I talked to a lot of people. But they were basically saying the whole virtual reality, you know, boxes and stuff that, you know, pretty soon everybody's going to be doing it and they're going to be trying to replace the interaction between human to human. And it's going to be all this mingling of technology and, you know, you got your transhumanist stuff and and all that. And it, it's it sounds insane, but the way that they subtly introduce it as fun, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll tell you what happened to me. I actually bought one of those things just because I thought, okay, everybody's getting it. And I'm, you know, I'm super cool. There you go. Yeah, I am. Not. <laughs> but you know what happened with me? I got, like, I bought a $50. I think it was last year for my birthday. I bought, I think it was. I bought it for my birthday. I put my phone in there. because oh, Yeah, you got a Google Cardboard or yeah, whatever. I yep, put it, yep. I put my phone in there. And I turned on this, this kid's game. It was more or less a kid's game. And I was in there for probably 15, 20 minutes. When I got out, it freaked me out because... I was not, I was, I literally was in that world. Yes, you are. I literally, I mean, psychologically, I, mentally, yes. Yeah. Yes. And it, it, I, I freaked out because I was like, oh my gosh, it's hard for me to get back here. And so I stopped it because I thought, okay, there's something weird with that. Right. Right. But, I've been using virtual reality platforms for quite a while. Uh, I've been using Second Life for a long time. Second Life is very old. It's, yeah. It's, I, mean, I know it's, Second Life. It's, it's really an outdated platform, but interestingly, it's still quite usable. And yeah. I've been to numerous, sounds crazy, but transhumanist conferences in Second Life, which makes sense because Second Life <laughs> is a transhumanist product or a transhumanist technology that kind of gives us a picture of what the future might be. Here's a nutty thing. Philip Rosedale, the founder of Second Life, mm -hmm. more or less received his creativity in a, in a major way uh, through his, I think it was his 1999 experience of Burning Man. Interesting. So, okay, so how does Burning Man then, you know, tie into, okay, so they have all this occultic stuff going on, right? There's a lot of paganism. There is that. There is, it's, there's a lot of stuff that's just a party. People go just for the party. A lot of people come just to, you know, they're not sure what it is. It's, it's, a, it's an Alice in Wonderland vacation, as one retired couple told me. Interesting. They said, why are you guys coming? They're from Ottawa, Canada. Uh, they are retired, and they say, we've been coming year after year because it's an Alice in Wonderland vacation. I mean, we're going down the rabbit hole. And that's how it feels. It does feel here in the rabbit hole. Really? Okay, now what about sexuality issues? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's there. Uh, whatever, basically kind of whatever desires you want, whether something happens or not, that's always, I mean, there's articles right, you know, written up about you know, the sex culture of Burning Man, and, and there's stuff there. Two years ago, we had camped... Um, <coughs> we camp just a couple blocks from the orgy dome. I mean, that's it's renowned for its sexuality. Did you say orgy dome? Or orgy dome, yes, huh. like D O M E. Okay. Yes, it is what it sounds like. That's weird. Yeah, but that's. I mean, there's a hyper sense of that there. Hmm. But you know something? So what? I mean, not so what? I can't say it flippantly like that. Right. Um, this is a city where anything goes, so to speak. But if you're honest with yourself, the same stuff happens in your city. Sure. It happens in every community. You just don't know it. Exactly. Here is just more out in the open. So one thing that I, it's going to sound, again, kind of strange, I appreciate about Burning Man. I've been to United Nations events. I've been to interfaith events. I've been to all kinds of other crazy places. Everybody holds the cards close. Hey, Everybody's got agendas. Everybody's guarded. Right. Burning Man is like, <laughs> cards go everywhere. And while it may be uncomfortable, and it should be uncomfortable, I would hope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, but there, and there is a difference between finding something offensive and being offended. Right. 
Okay. True. And so you go into it with that, with that mindset. And uh, the one thing I have found here is that people people want to talk. People yeah. want to talk. So we set up this camp of the camp of the unknown gods, uh-huh. and people have walked by and literally said, "Who is this unknown god?" Well, can you get a more open door than that? No. To talk about <laughs> Christ. So we had dozens and dozens and dozens of conversations over the last couple of years at Burning Man about Jesus Christ and Christianity. I think we only had one person walk away angry when the name of Jesus came up. More people, even this last year, we had people stick around with us the whole week, camping nearby, who wanted to hear more. That's awesome. That is really cool. It is awesome. So that, for me, that was one exciting little part of of the development of this book that I did not anticipate, Mm -hmm. but I'm so glad I did, or so glad it happened. It was not just research anymore. It's now finding practical application for right. that research. Yeah. Well, and you're such an affable guy, so it's, it's you know, sweet and lovable, whatever. <laughs> there are days, and then there aren't days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got a couple of those messages yeah. from you. <laughs> That's okay. I say stuff, too, just so you know, people. Okay, so this book, whereas it's frustrating good old Amazon messed with you. Yeah, I know. I know. know. This is a bummer. Oh, well. But you can get it. You can get it. Or do you want to promote Amazon? Is that where they get it? It is on Amazon. That's at this point the only place where you can get it is Amazon. I can't even get it. That's the irony. It's a beautiful book cover. I mean, and it it feels so nice. It says not for resale. They sent me the proof copies. So, oh, well. Well, but look at this. See how big it is? 570 pages. And White Mud House Publishing, is that you? That is us. Really? Yes. White, White Mud. Mud White Mud is the name of the river I grew up on. Is it really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's a neat publishing imprint. I like that. Thank you. All right. So, okay. So, they can go to Amazon and get this book. You guys really should. If you are an intellectual, curiously cool person, you should definitely get this book for sure. First, just the title is awesome itself, Game of Gods. Why is it titled that? Oh, because we are playing a game of gods. From Genesis chapter 3 all the way on, we're playing a game of gods. We're not going to win that game, but we play that game. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Okay, and then what if they want to follow you? Are you still on ForcingChange.org? Eventually we will get our website back up. In fact, next week when I get home, that's the big job, getting the website back up, getting website up for this book. Getting the book written was the priority. Yeah, you did an awesome job. It's like what? How many pages? 600 almost? Uh, 570, including an index. Rarely do you find books indexed, especially Christian books. But yes, it is extensively indexed. Yeah, it is. I mean, look at that. Oh, wait. Is there pictures? There's pictures in the back. Is that you? Yep. That's me at the burn. And that's just me. Look at that. Trying to look all cool. (laughs) Thumbs in pockets. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you zoom in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. He's such a character. Yeah, he is. That's okay. But I I, mean, we all are, right? Yeah, we are. Well, depends on who you are. Some people are boring as mud, but, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Did you get it? Okay, good. All right, so Carl Tigrib, this is the counter personality part of me. He's a man with my personality. He's only slightly a few months older than me, too. That's right. We're in the 50 Club, man. We made a half century. Exactly. Yeah, we did. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, you guys don't care, do you? That's all right. It's okay. Oh, we're having fun. It's serious, but better than fun. And yeah. really, that's one thing I really appreciate about you guys. Just good. Yes. Just yeah. the fact that you guys tackle some pretty serious, hard topics. We do. Yeah, I know. I know. And it's good. And yet, there's joy. Yep. Well, I talked to Billy Crone yesterday, and I was mentioning to him how... You know, he seems happy and he's like, yeah, why shouldn't Christians be happy? All these sourpuss believers, <laughs> you know, and just went on. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed from hell and all that stuff. Yeah, we should be happy about it. Duh, hello. <laughs> you know, that's true. That's yeah, true. it is. So, but this has been well anticipated. Uh, Carl gave me the book. Well, he didn't give me this book, but I'm going to get a copy. And you, I have, are, are any of your speeches going to be on DVD or, or available on MP3 to watch later or anything? From this event? Or any event. Any event. You know, I don't have a whole lot done that way. I need to. Mm -hmm. I need to. All right. Well, we'll keep on top of him as far as, you know, that goes. Yeah. So. I had her just write the book. Yeah. 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 You did a good job. Congratulations. Thanks. Thank you. are welcome. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> Uh, how can you not love that man? <clears throat> He's tall. He's actually taller than Bareface is, which is, you know, which is kind of kind of interesting. Uh, the other thing that I just noticed in that in that is that you know we're the same age. He does not dye his hair, and neither do I. And see, you can see our original hair color, and both of our hairs are is turning similar color. Isn't that kind of neat? Yeah, it is. I wouldn't say it's your original hair color. It's your natural hair my color. My natural, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, my original, I don't know what my original hair color was. My original hair color was blonde. I know, it's hard blonde to believe. Blonde and curly. I have, a, I have a, a lock of it in an envelope. You do? Aw. Yes, I do. That's nice. And my mother saved it for my first haircut. Aw. Moms do that kind of thing. Yeah. I have Grover's hair. Yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. Tugs too. Yep, the vet, the uh, the, the groomer, groomer, the groomer. Last Christmas, when we got them groomed, they actually created. They they had the clear ball ornaments, and they put the dog's hair in the plastic ornament, and gave it to Different, us. Different, but so if we ever want to have them cloned down the line, then... there you go. So Carl Tykrib, if you uh, if you go over to Amazon.com and you want this book, I'm going to tell you this is a very heady book it's intellectual but it's intellectually stimulating it actually will make you think it'll give you a whole new insight into um into what's going on with the other world religions and different things like that and i think the thing that stood out to me the most about that interview is that um is that he boldly goes into these events as a as an open christian right you know he's clearly a christian and then he has these conversations with these people and shares the christ of scripture with them and i think that that's very cool because that's what we're supposed to do that's what paul did you know when he was on mars hill he you know there was that to an unknown god thing there and he he gave exactly what carl was saying he actually shared who the messiah was and that day and age, you know, they suffered a lot of persecution and tribulation as a result of it. So, um, yeah, so Randall's sharing with, with you the cover of the book, Game of Gods. I can't read the, the Temple of Man and the Age of Reenchantment. Yes. I don't remember what I originally said. <laughs> like, whatever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So you guys can go to Amazon and get it. I think it's $17. 
um, give or take, or maybe it's uh, twenty six for the paperback. It's twenty six. Okay, yeah, this is almost six hundred pages, so it's five hundred seventy. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty thick book. And how many footnotes? Eighteen hundred. Give or take? Nope, exactly. There you go. So, See if you were listening. Yeah, I was. I, I listen to my guests. It's other people I don't listen to. And what is another feature of the book that you don't often find? And especially Christian books, but a lot of books like this usually don't have. But An uh, index. An index, yes. Um, well, you know what's amazing about Carl is, you know, I, I talked to him last year. And, you know, Carl is a high school graduate, never went to college. And he ha- he has the gift of writing and research and, and and analytical, you know, thinking and all that stuff. And he's funny as heck. And he's blunt and honest. That's what I like about him. You know, if he's ticked off about something, he'll tell you and he'll use a bad word. Or what some people might consider a bad word. I laugh when I hear it because, well, you know me. <laughs> Anyway, all right, so that's that. But before this hour ends, I have to tell you, we got to thank Ariel Ministries because they help underwrite this show. They sponsor this show. And, um, of course, you know, you guys know if you're, every, if you're here every day that you can get 20% off anything in the Ariel website. If you go to ariel.org, use the coupon code BIBLENEWS and save 20%. And this month, we're talking about that historical geographical Bible study tour that you can get on DVD. Um, it's over on our resources page. Is that right? Yeah. Over on BibleNewsRadio.com. Just go there. Click the resources the resources page. It's good to click the right one. And then you can scroll on down and you can see a number of things on there. You can see the... Um, I'm trying to find it. I know it's on here somewhere. Where is it? There. Where did it go? I don't see it. What are you looking for? Looking for the. Oh, there it is. The Historical Geographical Study Israel DVD tour. If you guys want to get that for Hanukkah or for you know a Christmas present or something, or just for your own personal devotion time or somebody else's, hey, you you know what? You need to know this stuff. Just send it to somebody. It's twenty three dollars and change, probably plus shipping. Uh, once you use the coupon code, it's not a bad deal to go to Israel for twenty three bucks. Just saying. Um, also on that page, we also have Doug Hershey's book, The Christian's Biblical Guide to Understanding Israel for $9. Just a donation there. You can click through and get that on our website as well. We got a lot of those. So if you, if you've already gotten it, you want to get a Christmas gift again, this is just an idea. Um, you can do that. And then there's some other things there from Ariel, uh, on the site as well that you guys can check out. There's Messiah, Yeshua, Divine Redeemer, Christology from a Messianic Jewish perspective. These come and see studies are excellent. Just so you know, you guys can check those out too. And obviously you can click through the Ariel site. You could do, you know, shopping over there anytime. Don't forget though, if you have not downloaded the Saintology Bible study, that's also on our website. You can click down, click, click that and download it for a couple more days. And... Also, I forgot what I was just going to say. Yeah, I did. Uh, (laughs) I knew I was going to say, oh, yeah, that's what it was. If you're not on my text message list yet, uh, you can text Bible News to 33222. So one of these days, we'll have that scrolling across the bottom throughout the show. Then you can join, join text message list. I actually test out a scripture in the morning 
and a tweet right or a text right before the show starts. And of course, if I have special things going on like YouTube banning me, I alert you to that as well and or help with Legal Shield. Um, you know, got that stuff going on as well. So I try to, I try to stay in touch. I try not to overwhelm you. I hope those of you who are on my list don't go, oh, it's her again. You know, um, but to me, I've actually found text messages is the best way to communicate with you because everybody has a phone and a text message is usually short. So it doesn't take a lot of time to look at. And, um, it's way easier to write than email is, but I also send out email accounts occasionally too and so you can also join our email list over there too uh, through the website all right yeah okay I'm all of a sudden feeling a little bit tired like I should take a nap <laughs> I probably need some protein or something anyway um, okay so I wanted to read one other um, one other article here and I want to, this one is the one I wanted, Randall, a Christianity Today one. Uh, understanding the new apathy about church attendance. Because this is actually kind of interesting. Just for fun, how many of you actually attend church? I'm not asking if you're a member. I'm just asking if you actually attend church in any way, shape, or form locally. Just put yes, I attend church or no, or yes, or put a 1500 or just acknowledge it somehow. Um, I'm going to read you this article. It was just published a couple days ago. It says here, most people who don't attend church are not making a conscious choice against it. Choosing requires awareness. Why are fewer people going to church and what can we do about it? This may be the main topic of conversation among pastors today. For example, while scrolling through my Facebook feed last weekend, I came across multiple posts with sarcastic takes on how, on how sad, interesting, ridiculous it is that people can't get up early. They can rather get up early for a sale at Walmart or sit on freezing seats for a sporting event, but they can't get up for church on Sunday. Oh my, there are so many things wrong with that kind of thinking, I hardly know where to start. Attendance, and then in parentheses it says, and non-attendance is not a choice. Shoppers and sports fans don't choose to go to the store or to a game instead of going to church on Sunday. First, those acts are not mutually exclusive. Second, and most importantly, most people who don't attend church are not making conscious choice against it. Choosing requires awareness, and that awareness exists for fewer and fewer people every day. People aren't deciding not to go to church on Sunday any more than they're deciding not to drink a bowl of ketchup for breakfast. Sure, they could do it, but why would they? They haven't rejected the idea of going to church. It is simply, it simply isn't on their list of options. They're not lazy. They're apathetic. Until we understand this, we will never have a chance to reach this generation for Christ. As long as we keep complaining about people not attending church services, we will, miss, we, will, we will continue to miss actual opportunities to meet them where they are. It's not about church attendance. Guilting people into church attendance won't work. Offering them a better Sunday morning religious show won't work. Convincing ourselves that getting people to attend church is equivalent to getting them to commit to Jesus won't work. Church attendance or non-attendance non is a less accurate measure of someone's commitment level or spiritual maturity than we've convinced ourselves it is. 
that's actually very true. Church attendance is not and never has been the issue. Jesus didn't say, I have come that they may get out of bed early on their day off to sing songs together and listen to a sermon. Sure, gathering with fellow believers matters if they're believers to begin with. Amen. But if they're not, lack of Sunday morning church attendance is not an issue then, and we shouldn't make it one. I think there's another page to this. So I'm going to flip the page and see if there is. Yeah, there is. Page two. Perfect attendance is imperfect. People who love Jesus want to gather with others who love Jesus. If they don't want to, nothing will make them. If they do want to, nothing will stop them. The days of giving out ribbons for perfect church attendance is gone. Yes, that was the thing. Good riddance. Really? That was the thing? I didn't know. Guilt no longer motivates if it ever did. Only love can do that and only love should. And even then, love doesn't motivate anyone to attend church services. It motivates us to worship, to gather, to celebrate, to learn, to serve, and to invite others into the same joy. That's what we need to do. Stop emphasizing guilt about church attendance. Start emphasizing the joy of belonging. So I thought that was an interesting article because I know a lot of people in our in our audience don't attend church. Um, and by all technical intense purposes, this host doesn't actually attend church, not at least in the way that they're saying. So I don't know, Bareface, what do you think? Well, I'm not so sure about the conclusion there, hmm. about the joy of belonging. Belonging to Christ, that's the ultimate thing. Um yeah. Maybe that's what they meant. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, you know, the Great Commission, which is also confused with getting people to pray the sinner's prayer, uh, Yeshua said, go into all the world and make disciples. Um, or, or you know, better translation might be, because you are going to go, <laughs> or having gone, the assumption, it's in the uh, Aorist tense, Verb tense, one we don't have in English, but it's just it's this it's future, but it's assumed it's going to happen. You're you're going to go, and since you've since you will have gone out, uh, make disciples. And disciple, of course, is a disciplined learner. And I did like the line about assuming they're believers to begin with. You know about worshiping and singing songs and hearing a sermon. It's not the place for for non-believers. A, a fellowship, you know, a congregation, uh, be it in a in a church building or under a tree or you know, some uh, clandestine warehouse or whatever. You know, it's a place for believers. And and if you're not if you're not in Christ, then being around His body isn't gonna do you much. I mean. Yeah, well, you know, I think a lot of people who attend church are not saved. I, unfortunately, I think that's true. Yeah, they're 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 um, church goers, right? I mean, <clears throat> because of that, because of that very thing, emphasizing church attendance. Right. You got to get people in church. Got to have them sit down because that's transformation comes. You know, when you attend church. Well, yes, spiritual growth takes place. In, in the company of other believers, you know, as the writer of Hebrews says, exhorting one another to love and good works. Yes, but if mm. if you're not a believer to begin with, putting your um, backside in a pew or, you know, whatever, <laughs> it's... 
You know what I've noticed about you as you've gotten older? What's that? You're like more blunt. You, over the years I've known you, you've become more direct and, and like more like in your face type. Well, I wonder where you it, got well, that be, from. Well, be, <laughs> well, because I'm getting older, you know, I... You I are, really, actually. You're getting old. You're I almost re- 55, man. I realize that time is <laughs> a, the <Sunny>. essence. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. You're starting to gray around the edges, buddy. Uh, Get some wrinkles I'm, I'm, on your eyes. Stuff. You're getting old. Yeah, you are. I am. So <laughs> I realize there's, you know, I want to be more judicious with my time. Why, you know, if there's something to say, just say it. Can you imagine me and Randall at 85 and 80? Mm. That would be so funny. Um, I hope I hope we live to be that old. Well, I hope uh, the Lord takes us home before that i know but if he doesn't then we can live to be that old together it'd be so fun we'll be getting yeah. up in the morning you should hear us both in the morning how are you doing did you sleep well hold on a minute i gotta get out of bed i step on the floor and i'm like oh man i'm so sore <laughs> my body hurts I'm like how the heck did that happen i used to like spring out of bed in the morning super early I still wake. I I'd still wake up early. I like had five hours of sleep last night. That's why I think I'm tired. But but anyway, um, so so if you just came in, hi, thanks for coming in. If you have been here the whole time, oh, you guys Aww. are so awesome. You guys make me feel loved. You know that. You mm. really do. And um, yeah. So I just want to say thank you. Tomorrow I think is Friday, right? Yeah, it's Friday tomorrow. Anyway. So, Free For All Friday is our topic tomorrow. So, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, you can tweet it to me, send it to me on my text message list. Um, if you if you want to watch the video for the Legal Shield Ladies of Justice thing that I have there, that for the contest, I will I will announce at the end of the day. Hopefully, I'll know by the end of the day if I win or not. Get into the top twenty five. I've been trying all day, actually. Um, but the other people who are like right up there, they're like, they're like doing that. I'm going to wait. I'll tell you right now. Let's see if I can tell you. This will make our show go over a few minutes, but that's okay. I'll tell you where I'm at. I'll let it load. Okay, wait. So I'm letting it load so I can no longer see you on Periscope, but I know you're there. Okay, it's still loading. So today I've added, or this, in the last two days, I've added 30 people into my app. You can see there. See that 30 right there? Okay, anyway. And according to this, my current rank is 33 overall, which means I'm at number. Let me tell you, it's loading. It's going to take a while to load. The app takes a while to load because it's going through all the people that use the app, which is a lot of people. There's like, there's a lot of people. By the way, I read an article today about Legal Shield. I think that they are now going to be introducing it in the United Kingdom, but I'm not positive, so don't quote me on that. But I did see it. And here's the thing, got to tell you all, <clears throat> if you do want to sign up for ID Shield or Legal Shield this month and help me keep my mad streak going, which just means I have to sell one membership, contact me today or tomorrow because then I'll be able to stay in the running. If not, that's okay. All right, so here it is. It's loaded. So where am I at? I am number, I'm still number 27. So, um, the person, there's one, two, three people ahead of me. 24, 25, 26, yeah. And they all have 28. So I still need to top 28 at this point. So I, I need four, 
I need a minimum before to tie, but that won't put me in 25th place. I need, let's say, five or six more people. Let's make it 10. 10 people still <laughs> to add in here in order to uh, to get into the, the, the top so that I can actually um, win the book. But you know what? Hey, if it doesn't happen, that's okay too. I'm okay with it. But it's kind of the competition part of me. It's like, we came this far, people, you know? And here's the other thing. I will tell you that because um, I I did get on the call because of you guys, um, I will definitely, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I'm on that call. I got to find out when it's going to be. Lord willing, it's a time where I don't have to reschedule anything. I can just be on it. And I will share it with you, um, what I learned from it. And if you're one of my associates, I will definitely be bringing that wisdom that whatever it was I heard back to you guys as my as my team. Oh, and speaking of that, uh, if you're on my team, my Legal Shield team, uh, and you're in my downline, there is no meeting tonight with me and Vicky and you and our the rest of us because Vicky's not feeling well. So, um, and you probably I don't know if you got you should have gotten an email about it. I didn't, but you should have gotten one. <laughs> so anyway, so that's all. Oh, and by one last thing, if you want to become an associate and be on my team, that's the other thing you can talk to me about too. That actually helps as well. So um, I would love to help you grow your life, grow your business, grow who you are as a person in any other way possible. So just get in touch with me and we'll do what we can, people. All right, so I'll see you later. Remember, be bold, stand up, go with God because he loves you, people. Yeah, he does. Thank <laughs> you.